using your firewall and filling your ports with technology goodness. It's the 1352 Report. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 11 of the 1352 Report from Vancouver, Washington. My name is Bruce Elgort and from New Hampshire we have... Carl Tyler. And from Rhode Island. Jess Stratton. And from Maryland. Don Burgess. And here we are again for another fun, action-packed episode of the 1352 Report. We, uh, we apologize for the delay, but we do thank you for the, the great feedback we had on episode 10, where we talked about, what, three-and-a-half-inch floppy disks. Uh, what else did we talk about? Intel above boards and... Set, set DOS 16M, memory commands, QAM, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and we, we got a couple comments on the, the uh, as Jess would say, the show notes on the 1352report.com blog. <laughs> so, so, you know, there's been a lot of discussion in the Lotus Yellow verse lately about Lotus marketing. Uh, or lack thereof. Who wants, to, who, who wants to kick this off? Because just on a... You know- hold on, Carl. Uh, I, I, I didn't say anything. I was just having an idea. You know how you said our episode number? I think we should change to doing uh, names like episode standard or episode basic, something like that, or episode millennium. <laughs> that that way, it doesn't matter what people, what order people listen to them. All right. In. We can mean like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, who wants to kick this conversation off? Carl, let's start with you because you are the the most. Uh, how would you say why, conservative why, of of us all? Why why start with me? Then it sounds like I'm picking on IBM for their marketing. Well, Carl, you're probably the only one of the bunch here who's probably the most vocal on their blog and elsewhere about these types of things, and probably has the least to lose out of all of us. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. What does what does that say about me? So I don't know. I mean, I think um, no. There's a few things that have gone around recently that that were interesting. There's there's been a few uh, posts by people that aren't typically the people you would imagine posting things like you know IBM needs to get the message out there, things like that. And I think the, the thing that's been interesting is they haven't been the typical post of you know IBM marketing sucks or Notes marketing sucks because I think people are probably realize that beating that drum doesn't do anything anymore. But I think. Um, you know, people like Duffbert made a comment about uh, this. You're just not seeing anything, or Microsoft are publishing things, and IBM's not responding to them. And then even um, John Head uh, said something as well. I think on one of his comments. And so there's, you know, there's been things from what what some people may have described as, you know, loyal to the line kind of thing. Uh, people actually kind of. Starting to say, you know, that uh, IBM needs to do a little more and get the get the message out there. And then Ed came. But wait, but hold on one second here. But what's causing people to say this? You know, it's not just like, oh yeah, Lotus marketing sucks. What's go ahead, Jess? It was a different angle this time. The what I gathered was that the the um the actual arguments on the blogs were not arguments, discussions more were. Who should Lotus be marketing to? Should marketing Lotus be marketing to consumers, that is, end users? You know, I I thought that was the real focus that, of the discussion. Well, I think that came up for, uh, as part of it. I don't think that's what really started it all off. I mean, this thing's been bubbling there for years. It isn't like this is a new thing that nobody's heard discussed before, really. Yeah, but why, Carl? Why? Guys, guys, let's get a guest starring role. Oh, I'm not. The, the, the wife has walked in. <laughs> And we would like a, a somebody from non-Yellowverse to talk about marking a second. I, I would just like to ask your wife before she says anything else, what does she think about this Twitter technology for finding a husband when her son's been in an accident? <laughs> yeah, I was going to kill him. <laughs> how, how, effective, how effective was that for you? It didn't work, did it? <laughs> no, it well, didn't. That only works if you actually take your phone with you. We knew about it. Your desk. <laughs> it, for those of you that don't know, something happened to Sean's son. And Sean's wife throughout the day was going, does anyone know where Sean is? Sean, pick up your phone. And it was like every 20 minutes on Twitter, this message would appear. Yeah, so follow follow, Let Us Be, L-E-T-T-U-C-E-B, and you can uh, learn all about about Sean Burgess here. Okay, so so we're talking about, about the marketing that's out there and what's been seen. Do you... 
Do you see any marketing? I'm talking to my wife. Do you see any marketing for Lotus or IBM products out there? No. Do you see any marketing for Microsoft? Yes. What do you see for Microsoft? That's a different question. You asked two different questions there. Why? You asked, do you see any IBM or Lotus product marketing? No, I said marketing. I didn't say product. I no, said you said product marketing. Did I say product? I didn't mean you to say product marketing. Do you see any, okay, do you see any Lotus mar or IBM marketing? Mm, not really. No. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, could you, if I wasn't working at, <laughs> if I wasn't working on this product, could you name a Lotus product? No. What, what budget does your wife have to spend this year? I work in a company right now that allocates all the HIV trial money internationally. So, she's so got, how, much budget, how much budget are you personally responsible for in the none. form of IT spending? None yet, but it will eventually be quite a lot probably. <laughs> and do you not watch golf? Yes, I do. I love Tiger. And I don't like Phil Mickelson. <laughs> do you watch American <laughs> Idol? But that's the argument that IBM's going to come back with is, is you're not their target audience. Yeah, but... But I work in the technology, in the um, medical technology field, so I probably should be. Right. But if... But, if, but, if, <laughs> but, if, if, but okay, if Microsoft is very good at playing to the CXO level when they're wine and dining, and Colette's not their target market target audience for marketing who the hell is ibm selling to well they're selling to somebody because they're making like 44 percent profit on every dollar but well, okay, take out, how take they out do services. that i have no take idea yeah but take out services they have no marketing budget so I mean, if, they market, if, if they market it people might be able to come to decisions about their product if they and and you know Oh, they'll need less consulting. If they don't market it, people are kind of like always got questions, and then they can sell consulting to answer those questions. But I, but I really want to know why why do us right Lotus uh, Lotus uh, peeps here why do we care so much about Lotus marketing? I think what, what I think the feeling? thing that's I think the thing that's happened recently is there's a few kind of key bloggers that have typically been Lotus you know in quotation marks bloggers that are now experiencing the Microsoft world and they're doing things with things like SharePoint. So their horizons are kind of being expanded and they're seeing what else is there and they're seeing what other people are saying it can do and they're, they're experiencing other things. And I think they're seeing as well that, that some of these customers, their, their, their bread and butter jobs are kind of under threat. There's been a few companies recently that uh, are switching to hosted Microsoft solutions for things like OCS and for, for Exchange. Um, so, you know, when the people switch to hosted solutions, those IT guys, a lot less of them are needed. Yes, because if, if, if you don't market it, because a lack of marketing is a lack of visibility. A lack of visibility directly relates to the bottom line for business partners. But I would say that IBM is definitely one of the top five recognizable brands by, by people, right? It's it's definitely in the top ten, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you, when I think of IBM, if I'm thinking outside, I think of supercomputers. I think of like the big blues and you know all those things they're doing there. As a layman, I don't think of software and notes and stuff like that. I'm like, do you? No. No. Absolutely not. You think of you know. I mean, I know who IBM well, is. Yeah. Well, IBM makes a. IBM makes a very strong effort to market the brand and not products, and that, 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 I, that I think that's what that's what I think a lot of think think is a mistake. You know, it's like um, you know Ed Ed did post on his blog the thing about how things have changed and how back in our five times there was beautiful women and smart men or something, and um, and how things have changed since then. And and it's true, things have changed. I mean, you know, one of the comments I put in that blog is that. IBM got rid of a whole layer of product marketing managers, and Ed was kind enough to respond. Yeah, defensive on I, that. Well, he responded that there is a guy, but he also admitted that there isn't like a hundred people like there used to be. So there's a lot less feet on the street that are focused on marketing a product. You know, IBM's thing is marketing a brand. So Lotus is a brand, WebSphere is a brand. You know, all these things are brands, and that's what they market. And Microsoft, I think. You know, obviously they have one super brand, which is Microsoft, in the same way you could argue IBM has that. But then they do still have that layer of people that are responsible for marketing the product. You know, and I, I see this with OCS versus same time. 
you know, OCS has a huge number of people that are dedicated just to marketing OCS. They have dedicated budget for marketing messages focused, focused around OCS, whereas you tend to have a lot of people in IBM that are focused on a brand and maybe they'll do some messages for, you know, unified communications, but, but you know, things like that. It's, it's just a very different focus that IBM and Microsoft have, and that's, that's one of the things that IBM changed. So what came out of all those comments on Ed's blog? I think there was over 90, right? Did the discussion go anywhere? Did anyone from IBM say, you know, you but Ed's from IBM, so I mean, I would expect I would expect the IBM answer to come from Ed. I mean, I, I'm sure Ed can't say it, but I'm sure Ed would love to have 50 people and budget to just go punch out notes messages. You know. Okay. I'll, besides you, Carl, Jess, do you see any OCS marketing? Oh, what's OCS? Exactly. I don't, know what that I don't see OCS means. either there, Carl, so I'm not sure. I like, think I, that, a, that's an you, acronym. Uh, here's, here's one. Have you, seen an, have you seen ads for things like where you see um, servers with police do not cross type line uh, tape across them and things? I, no. I honestly think like one of the um, kind of topics that spun out of all these blogs, and I can't even remember where it was, it turned into, in addition to who is the target, you know, notes – a lot of people who have issues with the Notes UI that are already using it and, and things. Um, I don't know. I think that IBM, if they want to market to anybody, they should be marketing to the people that are already using Notes. Yeah. You know, because it's like Gladiator. You know, win over the crowd and you'll gain your freedom, <laughs> you know. Well, I market mean. To the it, people that already are using it. I mean, I, I would have thought right now it's it, it feels to me like IBM should be focused on keeping their existing customers versus going after new ones. But, you know, it, it I mean, it's cheaper to keep an existing customer than get a new one, too. So explain marketing to your existing customers, obviously. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Jess. The, and forgive me because this is the only example I can think of, but one of the best examples of marketing I've ever seen is Mini, the car. They're the only company that pretty much 99% of all their marketing is to people that already own Minis. You know, For example, the billboards, um, they have a billboard. It can read in an, a little um, adapter, something in your car, and it would say, you know, happy motoring, Jess, when you drove by on the billboard. In magazine articles, they took out, it was a blank page, a picture of a mini hood. Um, if you, all their owners, they sent a little decoder in the mail. And so you could put that on the, on the ad if you owned a mini and you would be able to, you know, see all sorts of cool stuff. And on the newspaper ad, it said, if you owned a mini, you know, you'd know what was going on and everything. They market to people who already own minis and everybody else looks and says, I want that too. And it's very effective, and it worked for them. And I think if Lotus did this, they would get two things. They would get a bunch of people who would say, hey, I want to be in on that club too. And they would also have the people that are already using Notes and who may or may not be happy with it, they may kind of have a change of attitude. Well, I didn't know it did that. Oh, I can do this. I mean, I'm using it right now, and I can go in tomorrow and do this cool thing. I just think it's like a twofer. They they used to actually be within Lotus, and I don't know whether what happened to it. Um, they used to be Lotus Gold, which was the kind of you know the top customers at Lotus would be sent regular things and regular newsletters and things like that. It was it was hugely successful in Europe, and then we did it for a while in the states. And I I don't know what happened to those programs, whether they are still going or or what. I imagine that they've been replaced by a wiki. And um, those those customers have to go fill in their own information now or something. Well, do you think that the loyal hundred and whatever million end users of Notes don't feel some type of of love from the product? I mean, well, we're, we're I don't think that, we're, I, I don't think there's that many end users of Notes. That's that's how many licenses licenses have been sold of Notes in its history. So a lot of those licenses are, you know, repeat licenses and stuff like that. So I, I, I personally don't believe there's that many notes and users out there. Well, disregard the number, Carl. What I'm saying is are, are IT shops not upgrading, not putting out same-time advance, not 
sticking quicker out there, not sticking connections out there, not exploring notes eight five. I mean, what what's what's the problem? They are, but the thing is, that's just those people, those end users don't know they're using connections. They just know they're going to a website, right? That's my guess is that that's exactly how they would see it. But is that is that is that necessarily a bad thing for the end users? Not at all. I mean, they really should. I mean, if I'm an, if I'm a developer, or I'm somebody who's you know asking IT for an application. I don't really care what the application runs on. I don't think my users should care what the application runs on. And it should be almost transparent. It should be like a referee in a game. You shouldn't know what that they're there. That's why I'm trying to get back to the root cause I, I, of Lotus marketing. Uh, I think the thing is, is that end users still think that Note sucks. And the fact that there's a few blogs from IBM is, doesn't educate all these user, users that Notes doesn't suck. So the only thing they keep hearing is people telling them Notes sucks, Notes sucks. So they believe that, but nobody's telling them apart from you know a handful of people that, oh, no, 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 Notes doesn't suck. And, you know, it's, it, they, they need to hear that much louder, that Notes doesn't suck. I, I, I agree. I think there needs to be product marketing. It, it's got... I don't know how it's working for IBM. I don't know why it's working. I don't know why they think it's working. But even though the sales seems to say that they're doing good, well, I don't. I, I guess the thing is, it's like you can have growth, but if you're not growing as quick as that market is growing, it isn't yeah. healthy growth. You know why? Too. Let, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a a, a leap of faith here. Um, notes is a lot more than Outlook and Exchanges. We, we all know that. And for the most part, you know, the Outlook client and the Exchange server work, you know, work okay for mail. So people do their job, right, outside of, outside of their email. Well, they do all their tasks that are non-email related and all these other applications that don't have the same title bar going across that says Lotus Notes, right? Like all the Notes people do, right? So every, typically, right, in, in well- implemented notes infrastructures, people are using not one, but probably 10, 20, 30 different notes applications, right? So they're living, right? They're living in that environment much more so than the typical Outlook user. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and I mean, you, you can also say that uh, notes gets a bad rap because there's a lot of shitty applications out there. Ooh, well, there, there you go. And that, that's been talked a, a lot about before. And how do you change that since... You know that takes money and time. Uh, then name me name me a development environment that hasn't had crappy applications. How many Java applications have you used that have absolutely sucked? A lot, a hundred percent of them. <laughs> but nobody says Java sucks. No, they do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I have yet to use a real SharePoint I mean, application in in the wild that is more than a file sharing. So I've yet to see right, a, but, and a then, real application. But, but then there's the problem. For a lot of people, that's just what they need. You know, the fact that you can do reader fields, you can do all this other stuff. For a lot of people, it's like that thing. It's like, I just want mail. And then other people go, I just want to share files. You know, and we said they're going, oh, but you can do this, 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 and this. And people are like, yeah, but I don't care. Yeah, no, that, I mean, Carl, you, you, you hit, uh, you hit on a very important point. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, for a long time, kind of, I, I mean, I come from this old school because <laughs> when I first started selling notes, we, we were told we don't use notes for email. For that, we sell UCC mail. Because at the time, notes was the world's most inefficient email system. You know, you send one copy and it sends 100 copies to the 100 people you emailed it to. You know, which, you know, was just like, oh, my God, who would use a mail system like that? And then over time, somehow, you know, IBM changed to playing on the playing field that I, Microsoft wanted them to play on, which is we're email. Yes, we compete with your email. And in the process, they kind of forgot that the real value in notes is all the apps and tying them into the email and just using the email as kind of like the workflow delivery system. And And I think, you know, the fact that notes shipped with, like a discussion template that was the same for years and years and years didn't really help it. Oh, I agree. I mean, 
back in the version three days, they had the nifty 50. And I don't think those ever really changed up until they started doing one little thing with an 8.5 with the next pages for the discussion template. They still haven't changed much. Right. And, and obviously, I think, uh, and I think the answer to that is they're hoping that OpenNTF is going to fill that kind of space. I hope so. I really, really do. Okay, so uh, come on, Bruce, you dug this hole. You got to build the ladder to get no, out. No, no, you know, I mean, every all these points are valid, and we don't have the answer. I think I don't know who said it before. Whether it's BPs, end users. Um, we, we, we don't have an answer. You know, we've done our part, right? We've blogged, we've spoken, we've, um, we've given know, away we, apps for we, free. We've, we've done, done podcasts. Sorts. We've given apps away for free. I mean, you know, don't, don't kid yourselves. We all make our livelihoods with this product. And I guess that's why we fre- frequently look in, at IBM saying, come on, guys, I want you to guarantee my livelihood going forward because we don't want to see the market share or the mindset, you know, for Lotus products diminish in the marketplace. And I think we, we feel we're feeling more and more pressure. So we push that pressure back up to IBM saying, do something. Keep the product. I, I, I will say this. As long as they keep the product going in the right direction, I am more than willing to fill in the stupidity that is Lotus marketing. But you know what? Like a there's, mad, there's, mad there's, a, there's a thing that we can't do, which is there's a certain thing. We don't have the same credibility as something coming from IBM. And this, this yeah. is actually one of those things that you notice if you ever work for a large company like IBM. The day you leave, any credibility you had of standing up in front of a crowd of people and being taken seriously, no matter what bullshit you're saying, goes out the window. You have to reprove yourself again and everything. And, you know, IBM doing marketing to a bunch of bloggers doing marketing is very different in its effectiveness purely from a kind of like trust level from people. You know, it's like if you have some complete stranger that doesn't read these yellow blogs and you go, hey, Sean Burgess, you know, did this fantastic thing, go read it. They'd be like, who the hell is Sean Burgess? What do I care about of him? But if you say, hey, go read this IBM white paper, they'd be like, oh, okay. Well, let's take a step back on that. Does the... A Microsoft MVP carry the same weight as Microsoft? No. No. Okay. You were wanting us to give the other answer? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no idea. What, I, 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 no, but, was you a, know, but you know what? In forums, in forums and things, those people are obviously taken very seriously by the people asking questions and getting answers and things. Because okay. they have been recognized as somebody or some, you know, that, that uh, constantly answers questions and things. I mean, I think the thing that's interesting about the IBM marketing sucks thing is other people have been writing it that are analysts and not bloggers now. So, so for example, there's a, um, you know, there's, there's Craig Roth just published something of about half an hour ago, an hour ago, talking about Oracle entering the collaboration environment yeah. yet again. But, there's, you know, there's a great quote down the bottom, which is it's kind of saying, you know, IBM Lotus still feels to me like they haven't shown up to the tournament and are setting up a parallel exhibition match for the, the same sport in some other part of town. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it's not just us. And there was one the other day as well that said something about uh, IBM just doesn't seem to be making much of an effort in this space. So what would be, what would be, and I'm going to point this at, at everybody, what would, what would change our m- our take on this Lotus marketing thing. What what can they do, you know, to really change things? Did they ever have a point in time where you liked what they did? No. They could steal they could steal the PC Mac line of marketing. They need to show the product. They absolutely so, need to show the product. Who, who to? I don't think any I don't think anything will ever change unless they actually show people what you can do. Yeah, especially with the redone 8.5, 8x interface. So, Carl? Who should they show it to? They should show uh, where, it to, well, you've got to figure, it, it doesn't matter because a lot of times the managers, right, the decision makers and the end users, they're watching the same shows, they're probably reading the same magazines, they're, they're reading the same, you know, blogs online, and by blogs I mean not the yellow bubble, not anything yeah. like that. They're reading Wired, you know, they're reading the Yahoo news headlines. They're reading MS, you know, MSN, reading those headlines. They're all funneled to the same generic places online. 
And what do you I think? They, they need to show the product. I mean, it's 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 got to get out there in their face. But I don't know who you show it to. Because Carl, that's the right question. Because the people who are getting in the CXO level, who make the decisions, who actually at the end of the day, no matter what the technology says, they go with what they feel. Well, I think I think there's a thing here, which is um, at, the, at the Fortune 500 level, IBM typically has really good relationships with those CXO guys, and IBM's all over them. But the IBM sales rep there is selling them mainframes, selling them you know mainframe operating systems, selling them Kicks, selling them DB2, and and Lotus and Notes is like such a tiny little percentage of, of everything they sell that it doesn't really get much attention. I think. And Whereas you look at Microsoft. And Microsoft is focused purely on software and their software stack. And the thing that Microsoft will always sell you is that you buy one of our products, it's going to work with all our other ones. Even if that isn't necessarily true, that's how they push it and that's how they sell it. So if, they, if, if for example, Microsoft sold them SQL, they'd say, oh, you got SQL? You've got to buy Exchange now because those two things work really well together. You know, you'd, you'd never hear an IBM guy say, oh, you bought DB2? Man, you've got to buy Notes because those things work perfectly well together, you know? Yeah. All right. Lots of well, is, that, is, is that because the, the money that they would bring in versus a mainframe is so tiny? Yeah. It's the consulting dollars around the sale. Okay. Because, right. I mean, I, I mean you, look at, you look at what Oracle's done with buying Sun, and they're getting into the hardware game for the first time. I mean, it's, is it going to be the same the thing with them? Are they going to go towards trying to get the hardware in there so they can sell that to get the consulting around that versus, you know, what, what IBM's doing. Well, I don't know what revenue Oracle generates from their consulting, but, you know, if you look at IBM's numbers, consulting's like the big chunk of the pie now. Yeah, that, that's the thing that makes them the money. All right, I think we've beat this, uh, this, horse, this dead horse to death for, 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 for tonight. I think we wanted to move... On over to the phenomenon known as Twitter. Is that correct, Jess? Actually, I just well, want to change one thing. It didn't exist until Oprah started using it. <laughs> Carl, you interrupted Jess. I did because I just wanted to correct that. Software actually still accounts for more revenue for IBM than services does. Really? 43% is software, services is 39%. Well, I wonder how much of that's mainframe software versus, you know. I don't know. Well, but, yeah. they, but but IBM makes a huge amount of profit on that. Like they're they're at like forty cents a dollar. So, you know, when they're telling us we should be using Open Office instead of Microsoft Office because Microsoft makes so much money from Office. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of like, well, holy crap, IBM! I give you a dollar, you get forty forty cents profit. You're not doing too bad either. So back to Twitter, and Jess, and back for. Back to the fact that what Oprah Oprah said Twitter's cool now is that what it was exactly so I so guess Twitter's jumped the shark it it, it, ex- it exists now or something because it didn't exist before she started using it right and didn't she use caps lock <laughs> yes yeah she, she her first post was her shouting at everybody <laughs> what, what what was Oprah's first post it was in all caps I'll, I'll find it hold on yeah, it says be- tune into Doctor Phil at five p.m. <laughs> Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> oh, is that what she said? No, oh, I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> or, uh, dear Ellen, uh, kiss my ass. All I know oh, Twitter, is Twitter, Twitter, Twitter still needs to make some money. Yeah. Feeling really 21st century. But Twitter, Twitter's marketing sucks too. No, I mean, you never see a commercial on TV for Twitter. No, but they're all over the news and everything else. Why is they that? They have word of mouth. Why is that? I, d- I don't get it. <laughs> I think Twitter is just one of those things that it's like, oh, all the cool kids are on Twitter, so you kind of find out about it, and then you're you're it's a marketing thing, kind of, because you're in the know, and you think, well, I'm using Twitter, so well, now I'm isn't cool it now. a case that there's actually less kids on Twitter than some of the other um, social platforms? There are very few kids. But on wait Twitter. a second. But wait a second. Why are why are all the news outlets? You turn on the, the local news, they're talking about it. You read the newspaper, they're talking about it. Why is it? What other phenomenon in the last because 10 years have people 
uh, talked about on TV like this besides AOL keywords? Because the news, the newscasters are learning that the bloggers are heavily involved with Twitter, and so the newscasters know that when a story comes out and it's on the news, a blogger will blog about it and then put it on Twitter. Well, not only that, but you follow. get you get dissemination of information, even though it's 140 characters. In a very short amount of time, it goes out to a ton of people very quickly, a lot faster than blogs, because it's really tied to your phone a lot more than it's tied to your computer. So, and it's a it's a great way for a wife to get hold of her husband. Yes. <laughs> so, Jess, how how is Twitter um, uh, taking hold in your life? I mean, you... a lot actually, a lot. It's been very surprising. I have got, you know, it started. I was friends with pretty much all the yellow verse and then it just sort of expanded from there i would go you know if i see somebody that i know reply to somebody and it looked like an interesting reply and i didn't know the person they were would reply to i would click on their name read a couple of tweets if they seem like they were interesting i would follow them and other people i didn't know would reply to my tweets and then i would follow them and so now i have this big network and and it's been really great. The logo that I got for my website, Momlets, was because somebody that I met through Twitter, you know, posted, hey, anybody who needs a graphic artist, I know somebody really great, and they're looking for work. And I thought to myself, well, I do need a graphic artist. So I contacted them, and they were one of the few graphic artists that actually responded to me. And, you know, now we have a relationship. She designed my logo for me. And I've had, you know, a personal invite um, to go autocrossing up at Devon's with somebody that I met through Twitter just because I tended to tweet about that a lot. Um, just really great things. I found out how to buy my husband an Xbox for Christmas because of advice I got through Twitter, um, just asking for help. I mean, things that, things that I never would have been able to do normally, I can do. You know, it's been really helpful. If you use it, it can be really powerful. Uh, Carl, you're not a big Twitter fan? Is that what I heard? I, I think it's CB Radio. Haven't we had this discussion before? Again, no, deja vu. No. I think it's CB Radio. I think it's it's a, a passing fad. I think it has a number of things that irritate me and will irritate irritate other people. And I think it's just going to phase out. See, and I plus, don't use you know, RSS need to make money. Twitter. Sean, you know? Sean, you think yeah. you think Twitter's a fad? Um. I don't know if it's going to go the way of something along the lines of, you know, MySpace used to be the stuff with the kids and with it and everything. Now let's move on to Facebook. Is Twitter going to go away? I still have yet to figure out how they're going to make any money. Yep. But we keep, we keep talking about it, right? We, we started yeah, but, this show back in, what, September? Yeah, but, but people talked about CB Radio for years, and CB Radio is still around. But, and the only person here that still uses it is Jess. We did talk about this before because Jess talked about her CB radio in her car. That's fine, but CB radio works for that for that, for, the, for where you're going. But the great thing about Twitter is that I mean I talk to people all over the world very easily with my phone every day. It doesn't cost me a cent. It might be short conversations. I know things that are going on in the people that we interact with a lot more because of Twitter than I did when I was doing blogs. And why do you like that? It just allows me to feel more connected to them. When you're a single person working at a company doing what you do, you're the only person there doing it, or you're a small business partner, you can very easily feel detached from the rest of the community you work with. See, I, I, I get that, that uh, hookup through chat rooms in Skype. Yeah, but, I different, mean, but I mean, you know, it's like, you know, Penumbra Group have a chat room in Skype and uh, there's like, not allowed to do all that, though. there's, there's spin off Lotusphere chat rooms in Skype. It's, it's not porno chat rooms. It's, you know, <laughs> some of them are. It's business chat rooms. Yeah, but, but, but Carl, that requires you to be in front of the computer to do that. No, it doesn't. They're persistent oh. chat rooms. So I come back in a few hours, the messages are all there. Yeah, but that, it, that's the beauty of persistent need, chat. Well, yeah, but you need. What I'm saying is you need, you need to have time in front of the computer to do that versus where I'm on, on Twitter. I can do everything from my phone while I'm out doing my life. I don't have to come back and sit down and figure out what went on. Well, see, I, I do the chat room thing when I'm doing my other work as well. So it's like I'm at the computer for the work anyway, so it sits yeah. there and I can do it at the side. 
So, Jess, uh, take Carl up on his, you know, persistent chat room thing, how, you know, Carl in his same-time world or OCS, whatever, um, he, he can just step up to his computer and participate and catch up using persistent chat. How is Twitter different than that? Twat. Because the only people that you'll ever be able to talk to are the people that are in that chat. With Twitter, it's always, you know, it's always new conversations. It's always new people. It's almost like if, say, you go to a shopping mall and you just stand there and you listen and you feel well, like, oh, there's life around me because I can but, see gazillions of different unrelated conversations all around me. But don't me. you have to be searching for things to find those things in Twitter? No, no you just no, go to the homepage. Nobody. And you Who sits there home? reading that stuff? Just scroll up and down. No, okay, I'll put it this way, Carl. I've got. <laughs> well, apparently I do. What kind of crazy person does that? I use TweetDeck, which is one of the. Are you, the, are you those clients. people that watch the Google Wait. search words that are being searched? Well, let's ask Sean on TweetDeck, no, okay. Sean. What are you searching for? So on TweetDeck, for? I have a persistent search for Domino. Now that oh. throws up a lot of, a lot of you know crap on Dominoes and stuff like that. But occasionally I'll find a somebody who has a question. Like, there where can I get the latest coupon Domino's. for a Domino's Mighty Meaty? Yeah, right, but, but, like but Sean, since they're not following you, right? How do you how do you know that they re, that they see your re, reply? You always see, reply is fine. They'll always see the reply if you do reply to them. You don't have to follow them to reply to them. They oh, don't have to follow okay. you to see the reply. Okay, good. Keep going. And plus, I can actually not listen to people I care not to listen to. If you're in a persistent chat room, if you have an idiot that you're not quite getting along with right then, you still have to listen to what they're saying, Carl. No, you don't. You just leave the chat room. No, but I mean, when you come back, the crap they're saying is still there. Yeah, but it's like you don't have to read it. Yeah, but we won't even see it if I don't want to see it. Well, that, you, I don't have to see it. Just page down. See, I use Twitter differently then. Go ahead, I don't, go for it. I don't use it. I don't usually use it on my phone. Or sometimes I'll do, like if I'm waiting, say, at the dentist's office or something. But when I have a lull in my day, which doesn't happen very often, it may happen in like five-minute bursts. So I'll sit down at my computer. I'll call up Twitter just so I can kind of see some life. I'll maybe do like one scroll. If I see something that looks exciting, I'll I'll respond to it. I'll check my replies. And then I'm done. So I don't ever go and and you know scroll back and until the last time i was there so i don't see everything i just kind of pop on and if i see some you know just to get conversation and if i see something that looks exciting i'll click on it and so it works for me that's well, like well, okay, that's, ignoring his wife <laughs> i'll give you a difference colette was just talking to me about this and she had to go off and get or she's here um, she has to get milk for the kid but um she actually follows different clinical research companies out there that have positions no, it's one thing or one thing one I'm sorry one thing that posts on clinical research stuff so she can find clinical research positions just by following Twitter are you looking for a job if you're looking for a job she was at one point in time trying to become a clinical researcher it I, could be somebody I know there are people I know that Greg Eldred has a um, a recruiter he knows in uh, Ohio that is constantly posting his new positions through Twitter. So you can follow that Twitter. You don't have to go there every day. You can see what comes up. Easy stuff like that. It's You, you start to more easily broaden your group of people you connect with. Mm -hmm. Because I'll guarantee you, there's some of the people that I talk with now on a regular basis that I would never have known nor contacted if it wasn't for Twitter. The same happened with the blogs two or three years ago. People that I never would have known, never would have talked to. Wasn't was life so much better back then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was slower. And you could get work done and you can concentrate. Yes. <laughs> you know you know what one thing that bugs me about Twitter is all these people who follow you who say they're search engine uh optimization experts and social uh marketing. Experts. Well, that would be those, those are people who follow you because you have a product. I have idiots that yeah. follow my dog. That's Twitter, how stupid Twitter you is. You kind of have to pare down a lot of people. Like the noise can get a lot bigger. I've definitely found that to make the most out of your Twitter experience, do not ever feel guilty or bad for unfollowing somebody who is following you. You know, make it work for you. And oh, see, if they feel bad, that's that their whole, own problem. 
I don't even do that whole follow somebody because they follow you thing. No, it, it's not. No, I mean, I, I think it's crazy because, like I said, I created as, for fun a Twitter ID for my dog. <laughs> Our six-year-old and there are people that friggin' follow it. Well, Carl, and then for fun, the other day I set one up first dog Bo, <laughs> just to see how many people would register that, thinking it's the uh, White House's dog, and and you'd be amazed. I, you know what? I, I bet you, I can almost guarantee you that they're going to have a uh, somebody is going to come get me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Here you come, Mister Tyler. Could you come with us, please? <laughs> Carl gets sucked up into the White House. You could, right. you could be their uh, their Twitter person, Carl. That's right. I get a full time job twittering as first bow dog, first dog bow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pictures, of course. Yeah, I, I like Twitter. I think it's uh, like you said. I'm connecting with so many people outside of the Yellowverse lately. Whether it has to do with Salesforce or iPhone Dev. How would I connect with these people otherwise? I probably wouldn't just go out and start reading their blogs. Somehow, well, there's an app for that. <laughs> there's an app for that. You know, this is so. This is so. Two thousand and nine. This the two thousand eight. The next big thing's Pokens. Now, see, I don't buy the Pokin thing. I I I started what reading. What the hell that. is Pokens? Well, it's um a H one N one flu spreader. <laughs> Well, they have these little I, gadgets that are carrying the flu, and they shake hands, and they pass the flu from I one. I thought we were going to go an episode without talking about the swine flu, but essentially, I think what they are, and I think Paul Mooney had a description of them, they're some type of little USB device that when you meet someone else, you rub, or they, your pokins come near <laughs> each other. What and, do you rub first? And they exchange uh, Twitter information, Facebook information, and so forth, and then... When you go back and plug it into, well, you have to plug it into your computer first to register it on the internet somehow. But it's, it's, I, I, I don't think. How, how soon until somebody hacks that and starts? Yeah, until you get a virus and then you have to get a condom for it and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> would it be a pokedom? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would it? What would a condom name for a poking be? Okay, we won't go there. Pokedom. So we talked about Lotus Marketing and how great it was. We talked about Twitter. Anything else on anyone's radar? What kind of music are you listening to lately, Jess? <laughs> wow, that's um, – uh, now I'm drawing a blank. I'm totally unprepared to listen what's to in, answer that What's question. in the CD player? Um, it's actually my, – my MP3 player in my car is on my Trio, which I love because it's Windows Mobile, so you can use – an MP3 player that has the Winamp engine, so you know it has a customizable EQ, which makes it sound really great in the car. What do I have on heavy rotation now? Wolf Mother, the Joker, and the Thief. I cannot get oh, enough of that stuff. I like Wolf Mother. They're a good. Uh, they remind me a lot of Led Zeppelin. Yes. Yeah, they're from Australia. Yes, they. Okay. It's it's kind of yeah. ELP, a little bit of that. I uh-huh. couldn't figure out if they were an old band or a new band. I actually yeah. had to look it up. What about you, Mr. Burgess? Oh, I just put it on shuffle and go through the list of, you know, 30 gig of music I got. Read his tweets. <laughs> you, you re- yeah, you remind me of uh, Meatloaf. I like a Meatloaf. Yeah, so what about you, Carl? You know, I, that's one thing. I've known Carl for a long time, but I don't have any idea what kind of music you listen to. I don't really listen to any. I, I listen to NPR. Of course you do. I listen to NPR. I don't really listen to any music. Like, like the whole Sonos uh, craze thing. Yeah, I, I think they're Sonos. cool, but I can't imagine having one in my house. Yeah, I, I love my Sonos. So, I've got some nice, um, like, eighty RPM phonograph diamond discs that I've got to listen to. You mean seventy eight RPM? No, they're not seventy eight. They're about eighty. Why not? They they were pre seventy eights. Mm-hmm. Oh my! And Lord. they're about twice as thick. Yeah, Carl. I mean, uh, Sean. Does Bruce. your do your sons know what Twitter is? Uh, Jackson's got a Twitter account. I, that wasn't my question. Yeah, he's got a, at Mad for Math. He twitters goes. He knows exactly what it is. Right. What about your other sons? Uh, Craig, the the eighteen year old knows doesn't care. That's an age group that does not use Twitter. Yeah. Now that I that I actually I know an eighteen year old that does Twitter and he twitters a lot. It's 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 not as it's not as much. They're mostly talking to each other and not so much through the. 
the public space, which is really sort of weird for me. What about instant messaging? I, 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 I think Americans Twitter a lot more than, say, Europeans do because Europeans have been SMSing for so long. And I think um, a lot of Europeans are still SMSing. And it's the same with uh, teenage kids. They've been SMSing before Twitter came along. Whereas yeah, a lot of the adults that were using Twitter never really SMSed each other. Well, they also say that the the a number of people who Twitter that don't return to Twittering the following month is what? Like, was it 40% or 60%? One it was, of those two. It was a fairly high percentage, yeah. So, you know, maybe it's a fad, but I can't remember any other technology in the last 10 years that has been talked about so much. So Maybe too much. Yeah, maybe, maybe too much. But w- one more thing on technology and kids how many kids do you know that use instant messenger clients loads lots really I just, yeah i mean they're, they're they're now using the chat within facebook and stuff that they're, they're using aol and yahoo still they're still all over that mm-hmm. i mean yeah they, they use it a lot they don't it's not as much as it used to be when aol was the only thing and they had AOL is the messenger up in 18 windows and talking to everybody at the same time. That's all done on their phone now. Mm-hmm. So just, just to wrap things up, because we're, we're, we're kind of going a little long on time. Carl, you came out with uh, another free same time or notes plugin. What is it? Apelio Jesse, which is named after our dog. And um, it's actually Twitter-ish. So the, the, thing I, the thing that kind of bugged me about Twitter is I can send a message. And I don't know if the person that I'm kind of replying to is online, if they're going to see it or not, things like that. But also I started thinking, you know, same time already has this kind of Twitter engine built into it that has this really efficient mechanism for distributing the messages to everybody logged onto a same time server. And it's the same time description, just that the same time description's hidden that you have to kind of hover over the person's name to see it. So PBO Jesse's a plug-in that watches people's status descriptions as they change throughout the day. And it just kind of scrolls kind of like uh um, away, tweet deck busy, type client, away, you know. Busy, away, well, no, busy, because what we away. do, no, see, we're smart. We actually put in certain messages that it ignores so that we took a default of like five languages and told it to ignore the I'm available, I'm away, those kinds of things. So you don't see those ones going along. And if you actually log into the bleed yellow server with it, you can actually kind of see how it kind of works quite nicely. You know, so you can, you know, you'll see that Duff puts in a meeting and such and such meeting and things like that. But there's an area where you can enter your status description and it will just pop up the same way as if you'd done it in Twitter. And the thing that's nice about it is it doesn't save it into your default same time status description. So you don't get things in there like, uh, you know, has anybody seen this movie? Mm-hmm. But it makes URLs clickable. You can drag and drop names into it when you're talking about somebody, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's free. Where do free. people get it? Uh, com slash web slash freedownloads.htm We'll put that in the show notes and Apilio is spelled E-P-I-L-I-O E-P-I-L-I-O Right. Um, you know, I wanted to, to not talk about this tonight but Carl, you blogged uh, last night about uh, an incident that you had on IBM Partner World and we all know, I guess Sean I don't know if you know Jess, but Partner World is like the... Um, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's, it's such a lovely and helpful website. But it Carl, doesn't work. <laughs> Carl had a problem with it, and he actually posted on his blog the transcript of a chat he had with, I guess, a guy... What was his name? Jimmy Batista or something. Right, and what happened? Oh, I, I don't think his name was actually Jimmy in real life. Well, so... You know, you wanted they have cash, this thing. Right? They've now got Live Person integrated into uh, the IBM Partner World site. So every now and again, it will pop up saying, "Hey, do you want help? Do you want to speak to somebody?" And this happens that it pops up every time the site doesn't work because it's an external site, Live Person, and they somehow know how to keep their site up and running. So I always click the button, says, "Sure, I'll, I'll ask for help." And this person came up, and I said, "I go, I'm getting, you know, our apologies. The site's down." And he's like, oh, hold on, give me a couple of minutes, I'll have a look at it. And then he asks for your company name and things like this. And he goes, I'm just checking your entitlement. So I'm like, oh, so if you're not entitled, you just get an apologies, a site's down message. Anyway, so it kind of goes on like this, and he's like, oh, there's no problem with the site. Give me your name and password, and I'll check it here. (laughs) And I just kind of said, I go, you're kidding, right? It's like, you really think I'm going to give you my name and password? And he's like... Well, yeah, because I could just reset your password here anyway, as if that somehow made the fact that it asked for it okay. So 
the question is really, when is it okay to ask for somebody's password, or is it never okay to ask for somebody's password? I never do. It's never okay. That's my thing. It's never okay to ask somebody's password. Yeah, you could reset their password and say, you know what, I had to reset your password to check that it works. When you log in next, you're going to have to put in a new one. But to me, nobody should ever ask for your password. It's it's like, you know, IBM's one of those companies that will tell you, oh, don't believe it's the bank if they ask you for their password. And here they are asking for my friggin' password. Well, the only thing bad about them not asking for your password and resetting it is the fact that if, you, if they keep a digest of passwords, you can't use that one again. Right. But, you know, That's- but it's like he could say, I'm going to reset your password. Is that okay? Blah, blah, blah. But it was, but it was just like, yeah, give me your name, and password, I'll check it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. No. But he I mean, also, I'd he much had... rather just the website worked. You know, it's like the Partner World is one of these amazing sites where you go to it one day and the first page works, the second page won't work. So then you go to it the next day, you go straight to the second page, that works. You go back to the first page, oh, that's broken today. This site, I don't know anybody that goes to that and says it's up a hundred percent of the time. I, I really haven't had the problems with like that. I just have a hell of a time finding what I want to find. And it drives me insane that for like the software catalog, you can't save your link to your software catalog. You have to go through a couple links before you get there. Yeah, and it's like one day it'll be www.300 and another day it'll be dash 304 and all this sort of stuff. But Carl, yeah. what did he ask you to do? It was kind of funny. Oh, so he asked me to clear my cache, spelled C-A-S-H. So, I guess I guess me giving him the password would have actually helped him to do that. <laughs> so he said to me, he goes, he goes, go to your browser, clear your cache and everything else, and cookies. And of course, when I cleared all that stuff, then it got me disconnected from life person, so I was no longer in a chat with anyone. <laughs> so I was just nah, like, this classic. is classic. All right, anything else for episode eleven, gang? Or episode? No. 10? I just wish spring would get here. It was yeah. like 58 degrees here today. We had 60-mile-an-hour winds here in Vancouver uh, yesterday. The st- uh, Saturday, storm came out of nowhere. And today, tonight, uh, I'm surprised we have connect- connectivity to the Internet because it's storming away. So, uh, so are we going to call our next episode uh, Release Candidate 12? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Jess, any parting words? Um, no, I don't think so. Just I'll, until next time. I'll tell you, I use that gas gauge thing. And all my friends, no one has any idea that that thing is there. No, nobody. That was the best thing. People that are I useless. Ever oh wrote. My God, it mystifies everything. <laughs> That's like my well, icebreaker now at parties. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right. Well, Sean. how bad is the marking if they don't know it's there? Ooh. How bad is what? <laughs> how bad is the marketing if they don't know it's there? <laughs> yeah, but they're all still driving the cars, and yeah, you know what? It's not. Them. It's not a differentiator. The fact that you can delete email, everybody could do that. All right, say goodbye, Sean. Bye, Sean. Say goodbye, Jess. Bye, Jess. Say hello, Carl. Goodbye, Bruce. Take care, everyone. Night-night. <laughs>